This is the Life Truth Network. Quest for our Truth, Episode 434. Quest for Truth, presented by Protectorate Productions and HPN, Heltsley Podcast Network. Now located at life-truth.com. And now, here is your host, Keith Heltsley. Ah, oh, come on, do I really have to read this part? Solving all your problems and making your dreams come true. Uh, oh, somebody... Put me out of my misery. Hey, everybody. That is correct. This is your host, Keith, and I am here in the studio alone today. Not a problem. Uh, but I have a topic I've been uh, holding aside for a little bit. Uh, it has to do with uh, you know, women leadership in the church, particularly, of course, women pastors. Uh, but maybe it could refer to uh, more than that. And what I decided to do at one point was to use a topical uh, source, uh, Nave's Topical Index, to look up uh, the character of Jezebel in the Bible. I'll talk about more about that as we get going in uh, the main topic, because I do mention why I decided to go that route. Uh, and it, it has uh, could be a harsh... A message towards uh, women in the church. I uh, don't intend it to be that way. Just remember, it's uh, largely scripture speaking on the topic. Eh, of course, um, as it, with any uh, uh, time there's a person like myself, <laughs> there is a bit of, uh, I guess, personal takeaway from it. And, uh, but I, I try to make my personal takeaway be what I understand the scripture to be saying there. And anyway, if you think I'm off base with this, uh, I would sure like you to tell me about it uh, before you walk away in a huff. <laughs> Please don't do that. Uh, I'd like to know uh, what you, if you disagree uh, on this or if I'm just going down the wrong road here. But I, I'm not sure that I am. Uh, anyway, with uh, all that uh, warning out of the way up front here, uh, I just want to uh, say it's not going to be a long episode, particularly long. Uh, so let's uh, take a moment here to uh, listen to some folks from the Christian podcast community, which we are a part of uh, with a good 50 other people, I'm sure, uh, with all with a lot of good uh, sound theological teaching uh, and you hear voices that sound like some of these ever wish you could get together with a friend over coffee each week and talk about god's word me too hi i'm anthony russo i'm the host of grace and peace radio grace and peace radio is a christian living blog and podcast dedicated to engaging conversations about applying god's word to everyday life i hope you'll join me anthony russo on grace and peace radio each week graceandpeaceradio.com or right here on the Christian Podcast Community.org. How is your flame of truth, Christian? Is it burning bright? 
Hi, I'm Rebecca Bershwinger, creator and host of One Little Candle, a weekly podcast dedicated to encouraging, empowering, and equipping believers to be the light that God has called us to be so that we may pass down undefiled the truth of God's infallible word to the next generation. So join me and light your own little corner of the world. You can listen to One Little Candle on all major podcast platforms or at christianpodcastcommunity.org. Two, two, two great books and one website. Visit strivingforeternity.org. There are two books that I would like to recommend you purchase. What they, meaning people who aren't Christians, other religions believe, and what we believe. Systematic Theology Made Simple. Both are great resources, especially if you plan on witnessing to somebody. Strivingforeternity.org. main topic. All right. Uh, I wanted to discuss the topic of Jezebel. I say discuss because hey, I'm the only one here today in the uh, studio. Uh, but hey, I'm here with you, the listener. And Jezebel, I, I wanted to talk about who she was in the Bible, because it's been, I guess, a a little bit now, but earlier in the year, there was a lot of uh, to-do in the SBC about having women pastors in a church. And it occurred to me that there is something that addresses that. Well, it's actually the last uh, point that I want to get to today. And it doesn't involve Jezebel, uh, but let me get some background going here, because largely Jezebel is only mentioned in the Old Testament. Uh, she turns out to be a daughter of Ethbel, that's spelled E-T-H-B-A-A-L, Ethbel. <laughs> um, he was a Sidonian. Uh, she was the wife of Ahab, and uh, Ethel, I think, was the king of Sidonia, so that made her a legitimate princess. Uh, we can find this in First Kings 16, verse 31. It came about as though it had been a trivial thing to walk in the sins of, for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. Then he married Jezebel, the king of the Sidonians, who went to serve Baal and worship him. This is in reference to King Ahab. It, it wasn't bad enough. He was already being a bad king. He did something worse. He married uh, this foreign princess. Uh, and uh, she was an idolatrous, and she persecuted uh, the prophets of God. Uh, this is, again, we can find in First Kings, this time in chapter 18, uh, verses 4, I'm going to skip to 13 and 19. Uh, for when Jezebel destroyed the prophets of the Lord, Obadiah took uh, prophets and hid them by fifties in a cave, provided them with bread and water. I've kind of paraphrased that a tiny bit. Uh, verse 13, has it not been told to my master what I did when Jezebel killed the prophets of the Lord that I hid a hundred prophets of the Lord by fifties in the cave? Uh, 
and provide them with bread and water. This is Obadiah. He's being asked by, um, I think it was Prophet, uh, trying to think, Elijah, uh, to go and tell the king, King Ahab, uh, something, and he <laughs> like uh, was a little bit upset over the having to go face the king, uh, to put it uh, bluntly and shortly and briefly. Uh, verse 19, um, uh, Now then set and gathered to me together with 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of the Asherah who were at Jezreel's table. And so uh, these are, are mentions because these prophets are some that were essentially Jezebel's own, I guess, hands picked her own little cadre of of uh, priests who brought this uh, Baal worship to Israel. And so what's happening here? We have uh, a princess, uh, now a queen, elevated because she got married to Ahab. And instead of Ahab manning up, he let her attempt to kill the prophets of Israel. She had her own cadre. So when you, you have a uh, female influence in leadership here, I know I have a bunch of hatred out there on me because I'm saying women shouldn't be in charge. Uh, and she didn't have the position, but she took advantage of the position she did have, and she um, ruled instead of Ahab, in, in effect, there, uh, and even to the point of having Obadiah be fearful of her uh, presence with all that. In Second Kings 3, uh, verses 2 and 13, uh, he did evil in the sight of the Lord, though not like his father and his mother, for he put away the sacred pillar of Baal, which his father had made. Uh, now Elisha said to the king of Israel, What do I have to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father, to the prophets of your mother. And the king of Israel said to him, No, because the Lord has called these three kings together to give them over to the hand of Moab. Now this has to do with uh, if I'm not mistaken, I can't think of the king's name, uh, Yehu, I, I believe, and he's being commissioned to go and overthrow uh, Ahab. Uh, he's he's going to do a hostile takeover uh, of the kingdom there. Second uh, Kings 9, 7, and 22. Uh, you shall strike the house of Ahab, your master, that I may avenge the blood of my servants, the prophets, and the blood of all the servants of the Lord at the hand of Jezebel. Verse 8, for the whole house of Ahab shall perish, and I will cut off every male from Ahab, every person both bond and free in Israel. Uh, verse 9, I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and like the house of Basha, the son of Ahijah. <laughs> The dog shall eat Jezebel in the territory of Jezreel, and none shall bury her. And he opened the door and fled. All right. And so God is not happy with the way Ahab has been writing. 
things and not happy with the influence that Jezebel grabbed the reins out of his hands to take charge over abusing uh, God's people. And he's giving them warnings that uh, this is about to come to an end because, I mean, not that the, uh, the northern kingdoms had a good track record with kings. They were all evil kings. Uh, but uh, evil kings did their comeuppance. And uh, even though Ahab was the figurehead, it was really Jezebel running the show. And God's saying, your days are numbered. It's not going to go well. Uh, you were not, you know, uh, what's the word, commissioned, to put, uh, ordained, uh, anointed, all those words, <laughs> to sit on the throne. And it's coming to an end. It's not going to go well. Um Moving on, verse 22, when Jurim saw Jehu, he said, Is it peace, Jehu? And he answered, What peace, so long as the harlotries of your mother Jezebel and her witchcrafts are so many? So there were, you know, Jezebel polluted the leadership of the king's office uh, right there with, with uh, witchcraft. It wasn't just, oh, she was in charge and she had these priests to do her religious stuff for her. Uh, she was involved with witchcraft. Now, witchcraft is essentially a, a nuance between witchcraft and idol, idol worship. Because idol worship is worshiping a tangible man-made object, a statue, uh, a log, <laughs> a rock, a, a, a tangible item. And witchcraft is seeking spiritual assistance from spirits that are not God. And so she wasn't necessarily involved in idolatry. I'm sure she was. But she was specifically involved with witchcraft, and that was becoming a drag on the welfare of the nation. Um, Yeah, Jezebel had vowed at one point to kill Elijah, we have to go back from Second Kings to you know, demise there. First uh, Kings nineteen one through three. Now Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with his sword. Uh, verse two, Jezebel sent the messenger to Elijah, saying, "So may the gods do to me and more if I do not make your life as one of them tomorrow by this." Time, and he was afraid, and arose and fled for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servants there. And so, uh, Elijah had just come off of this thing where, you know, they poured all the water on the uh, the offerings, and the false prophets danced and cut themselves all day long, and he called on fire from heaven to consume not only his offering but theirs, and yet. Jezebel was such a uh, corrupt uh, and influential power holder, wielder, that he was afraid of her. He was afraid of his life. Uh, So she was not the figurehead that Ahab was. Uh, What she said, she made it happen. And, you know, even though he did this great and godly thing God directed him to do, this is the kind of uh, iron hand that uh, Jezebel had led with. 
and you know, and she, in her wickedness, she she caused the death of Nabob, who was a uh, a, a vineyard owner. Who we'll find out here. First Kings twenty one five through sixteen. But Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said to him, How is it that your spirit is so swollen that you're not eating food? So he said to her, Because I spoke to Nabod and said to him, Give me your vineyards for money or else. If it pleases you, I will give you a vineyard in its place. But he said, I will not give you my vineyard. So Jezebel, his wife, said to him, Do you reign over Israel? Arise, eat bread, let your heart be joyful. I will give you the vineyard of Nabob, the Jezreelite. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name, sealed him, sealed him with the seals, sent letters to the elders and the nobles who were with Nabob in this city. She wrote the letters, saying, Proclaim a fast, and seat Nabob at the head of the people. Uh, and see that two worthless men set before him and let them testify against him, saying, You curse God and the king, and take him out and stone him to death. So the men of the city, the elders and the nobles who lived in the city, did as Jezebel had sent word to them, just as it was written in the letters that she had sent to them. They proclaimed a fast. They seated Nabob at the head of the people. And the two worthless men came and sat before him. And the worthless men testified against him, even against Nabob before the people, saying, Nabob cursed the king. And so they took him outside the city and stoned him to death with stones. And then they sent word to Jezebel, saying, Nabob has been stoned and is dead. When Jezebel heard that Nabob had been stoned and was dead, Jezebel said to Ahab, Arise, take possession of the vineyard of Nabob, the Jezreelite, which he refused to give you for money, for Nabob was not alive, but dead. When Ahab heard that Nabob was dead, Ahab arose to go to the vineyard, the Jezreelite, to take possession of it. So, you can see, now this is the one one uh, mentioned evil plot that she did. Uh, I'm sure uh, she did more. I'm sure that this one event might have been the, uh, one of the more notable things that she has had accomplished. But I think it is a pattern of how this woman, given a little bit of power, took more power until she was pulling the strings of the kingdom uh, because she was allowed to have power that she was never meant to have or ordained to have. Um, now, of course, her death was foretold. We already talked a little bit about that. And the first Kings 21, verse 23, of Jezebel also has the Lord spoken, saying, the dogs will eat Jezebel in the district of Jezreel. And that's exactly what they did. Second uh, Kings 9, verse 10. The, again, it says, The dogs shall eat Jezreel in the territory of Jezreel, and none shall bury her. 
and he opened the door and fled. This is whenever Jehu told him, we already read this part before. Uh, but she was warned her day was coming. And wow, that's pretty gruesome to have the dogs eat you so you're not even going to be buried. Um, but her death, of, of course, was at the end of Jehu. Back to two, uh, second, well, yeah, back to Second Kings 9, uh, 33 to 37. When Jehu came to Jezreel, Jezreel heard of it, and she painted her eyes, adorned her head, her hair, and looked out the window. Uh, as Jehu entered the gate, she said, Is it well, Zimri, your master's murderer? Then he lifted up his face to the window and said, Who is on my side? Uh, and two or three officials looked down at him. He said, throw her down. So they threw her down. And some of her blood was sprinkled on the wall and on the horses, and he trampled her underfoot. Uh, when he came in, he ate and drank, and he said, See now to this cursed woman and bury her, for she is a king's daughter. They went to bury her, but they found nothing more than a skeleton in the feet and palms of her hands. Therefore, they returned and told him, and he said, This is the word of the Lord, which was spoke by his servant Elisha the Tishbite, saying in the property of Jezreel, the dog shall eat the body of Jezebel. And the corpse of Jezebel will be as dung on the face of the field and the property of Jezreel. So they cannot say, this is Jezebel. Uh, so, wow, in gruesome manner, <laughs> very graphic, rated R on the violence. Um, Jezreel, she, even though she's a princess, and she deserved a, a royal burial, no matter how evil she might have been, God said, no, no, I got this. <laughs> I'll make sure she doesn't get that. Uh, it was because he said you know, this guy was even going to bury her. He was even going to offer her that dignity and death. But God had other plans. And again, is this the case of every time a woman was in charge, you know, namely at a church? Well, no, I don't think God's going to send dogs to eat every woman pastor. And I don't think every woman pastor is as evil as Jezebel. But um, there's a pattern here. Uh, and this all comes about because we have this woman here who was a princess and was wrongly uh, took over and put herself in charge. Now, as we continue on, there's a, uh, and this actually gets to the whole uh, point of my search through the Bible and what it talks about having uh, women as leaders, and not that women haven't had leadership roles. People can point to Deborah, but she was a judge, and she was actually humble and uh, her judgeship and leadership, she deferred to uh, the general of the army. She didn't want to go and do that. And there's other women who uh, they were uh, a bit more humble about their roles uh, in, in the scripture. But here, this one particular one, Jezebel, has forcefully inserted herself. And uh, there's a figurative Jezebel 
uh, we can find that in Revelation 2.20. And let me back up and read from 18 to 19 here. Uh, and to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, and his feet are like furnished bronze, says this. And this is Jesus uh, with fi eyes of fire, feet of bronze. He says, I know your deeds and your love and faith and service and perseverance, and that your deeds of late are greater than your deeds at first. And now, you know, spoiler alert, this is talking about a figurative Jezebel. So even if you have a church being led by a, oh, a Jezebel, mm, a, a female pastor, mm, it, it doesn't mean you can't have faithful deeds. There, there very well may be faithful people there, and their deeds of late are even better and bigger than their deeds that that they started with. But verse 20 goes on to say, I have this against you that you tolerate the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess. She teaches and leads my bondservants astray so that they commit immorality and sacrifice themselves to idols. Now, do we see that with Queen Jezebel? She certainly was uh, an idolatrous. She certainly did lead the nation astray. And the people in this type of church led by this female is figurative. She's not really Jezebel. She may not be uh, all that. Uh, and she may have some merit in that, again, their deeds of late were better than their deeds earlier. But... They tolerated this woman, and they were led astray. Well, how do people get led astray? Uh, I don't know every female pastor out there, but the ones that I've heard about, and I've actually talked to at least one, maybe a couple, and they seem to be very nice people, and they seem to have uh, a, a strong enough faith but often they are involved with the LGB community, and that is a diversion off of uh, the path of righteousness. It's a devious deviation off of the path of righteousness that God uh, clearly sets forth in Scripture. Uh, but going on here, verse 21 uh I gave her time to repent, and she does not want to repent of her immorality. So God is sending people out there to tell these you know, certain female pastors uh, I, that it's time to repent, but they don't want to hear it. He keeps sending people <laughs> to tell them um, you need to repent, but they don't. So tw verse 22, behold... I will kill her on a bed of sickness and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of her deeds. So, um, 
killing her on a bed of sickness. Now, did the original Jezebel get killed on a bed of sickness? Well, you might say that. I mean, she was thrown off of the the tower and died on the ground below and was trampled. Uh, she got what she deserved, whether that was sickness or not. Who's to say? But you, you, what's the phrase? You made your bed and I had to sleep in it. You, the punishment fits the crime. Whatever deviation off the path that has been made to lure people away from God's clear message, um, whatever has been done and not repented of, there will be an appropriate demise there. And if the people want to support that to the bitter end, well, you, you're going right along there too. Uh, but for those who actually change their ways, uh, they leave the leadership of this Jezebel. They take the ownership of leadership back into their hands properly. Uh, those are the ones who uh, will overcome. Verse 23, and I will kill her children with pestilence, and all the churches will know that I am he who searches their minds and hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your deeds. And again, that reinforces that idea that just the fact that you're following uh, a female leader in your church, namely the, the pastor or uh, a Jezebel figure in the church. Remember, Jezebel wasn't the queen. She was a foreign princess who assumed the role of queen as she nudged uh, the figurehead male out of the way. Uh, so a church, hey, you may have a maybe a man or a senior pastor, but maybe there's a woman in that church who pulls the strings, gets things done uh, behind the guy's back. Uh, if people tolerate that and they allow all that uh, and they're okay with that and neither she repents or they repent, uh, uh, God says right here, it's not going to go well. Um, but I say to you, the rest of you who are in Thyatira, who are, do not hold this teaching, who do not know the deep things of the Satan, I place no other burden on you. So all you got to do is keep on uh, following what's in God's Scripture and uh, topple the the power of any kind of overbearing woman in the church. <laughs> I guess that, that would include if she's a pastor. It would also include if she's not, if she doesn't hold that role. But maybe there's a, a distinct influence there. Verse 25, nevertheless, what you have, hold fast until I come. He who overcomes and he who keeps my deeds until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations. So if you're in a church that has deviant teachings, teaching it's okay to be LGB or whatever, those are deviate off the path, so they're deviant teachings. Uh, if if you hold fast and understand that you may be in a church like that, but you're not going to go for that. 
then that's all God's going to ask for you. Because these people, their deeds are good, their deeds are better. You got to hold to those strong deeds, and you got to hold to what Scripture says, not what culture says. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter are broken to pieces, as I also have received authority from my father, and I will give him the warning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And these, that's kind of a, a survey of where Jezebel is mentioned in the Bible. Largely Old Testament. She's not mentioned at all in New Testament except for this Revelation passage. And it's not about precisely who she is. It is a lot about her character. It is a lot about inserting herself in an overbearing way into the leadership of the nation, uh, or in Revelation's case, uh, inserting herself uh, as a leader in the church. And and again, whether she wants to hold the actual pastoral title, uh, it's definitely um, the deviations that a woman brings into church leadership where uh, God has not ordained or commissioned that to happen. Whew. Well, uh, there we go. Uh, but I, again, I wanted to present this. It's a little bit, you know, after the fact, after the whole SBC um, ordeal earlier in the year. But hey, I got a feeling it ain't going to go away anytime soon. Uh, people can decide officially uh, what it sh- uh, the path should be. But I think there's enough um, churches that have been affected and are deviated off the path uh, that there'll either be a lot of churches leave because of that. And if they leave because they're following the woman leader, all I can say is, well, good riddance from the uh, denomination, but I wish you would, uh, like this final passage says, is hold fast to the scripture and what Jesus taught, not what society teaches or your uh, deviated pastor teaches or anything like that. Uh, hold fast. There's still hope. You're not doing bad deeds. It's, that scripture says your deeds are better now than they were before. But you just have to direct it right down the middle of the path, not some side road. Anyway, I've been talking for way too much, but that's what I got on that. I think as parents, we assume that kids are going to just know the right way to do things. You have to train them by teaching them to do it over and over again until they actually get it. This is Yvette Hampton, host of the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. Join us each week for a new episode as we offer encouragement and resources on biblical discipleship from popular speakers and authors, as well as parents just like you and me. Find out more at schoolhouserocked.com or listen anywhere you find your favorite podcast. What does it really mean to love your neighbor as yourself? Confusion or faulty beliefs on this point will result in nothing more than pain and relational carnage. Christians must submit their understanding of love to God's revealed word. Love is not a feeling. Love is not tolerance or acceptance or ambivalence. Love is not merely romance. Love is a universe-altering choice to want and work toward God's best interest for the people in our lives, whether they want it or not, because that's how God loves us. 
the one true God of the universe has existed since eternity past in ultimate perfection. He spoke the cosmos into existence for his soul, honor, and glory. He moved heaven and earth to redeem mankind, even though we have nothing to offer him. And he's given us everything we need for life and godliness in his word. He deserves our worship. He deserves our adoration. He deserves our praise. I'm your host, A.M. Brewster, and this is the Celebration of God. If you want to know God better, celebrate Him more, and help the ones you love to do the same, subscribe to this podcast and visit celebrationofgod.com to learn more about this dynamic discipleship resource. And remember, the Celebration of God is a listener-supported ministry. Welcome to Thoroughly Equipped, a podcast for women where we compare the popular women's ministry teachings, books, conferences, Bible studies, etc. to scripture. Our focus is 2 Timothy 3, 16-17, that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I am your host, Melba Toast. May this episode bless you and bring glory to God. Welcome, ladies. I pray you are in His Word. Ladies, if you are interested in the transcript for this episode, you can go to ttew.org. You can find other great resources, articles, blogs, and videos that may bless you in your Christian walk, as well as links to follow me on social media. If you wish to contact me, you can email me at thoroughlyequipped316 at gmail.com. Again, the website address is ttew.org. All right. Well, um, so there's my logic. On using Jezebel for uh, a model of female leadership in the church, and you know, I, I don't know that it really occurred to me a lot until I put this together. That uh, you know, it's not limited to women pastors. Uh, the whole f- fiasco of women in the church leadership, because it could be any leadership position. Uh, I mean, specifically, the scripture talks about women not being a pastor or deacon or overseer, some of those terms that's used in the Bible. Uh, but there's other ways uh, that a woman can can horn in on the action, uh, as it were. Uh, and it does require, you know, we can't blame women for that always. It does require strong male leadership in the church. And if you have a male leadership in the church who is going to play Ahab and uh, be a weak leader uh, led astray by the whims of whatever forces push him around, uh, that's not the kind of male leadership we need to be and have. Uh, and But whenever that happens, it's it opens the door for uh, the female leadership issue to uh, – take over. And I did mention, you know, I don't think that all female pastors out there or, you know, air quotes, alleged pastors out there uh, are evil. I don't think that they necessarily 
are not saved. I don't think that they um, are going to have some of these uh, sexual uh, things that the, the Revelation passage talked about. I don't think that they're necessarily witches, witches who do idolatry, uh, but it, it does seem to open a door for that. And uh, other commentators beside myself have noticed and pointed out that as the church gets more liberal uh, and moves away from fundamentalist orthodox uh, doctrine, uh, that opens a door for, well, women pastors, which opens the door for homosexual leadership, which opens the door for all manner of uh, sexual uh, deviancy and getting in line with the world. And again, it's not that the the female pastor at any given place is going to be that evil deviant person, but it opens the door i don't don't ask me how but it's just it's just been documented ever since the progressive movement has crept in from from german the, theology i think it seems like uh that it's just taking the church on a long slow glide <laughs> uh, glide slope uh but anyway uh the thing is to Hey, you know, we do have our worldly culture. We live in the world. Can't can't avoid that much. But even as worldly as the world gets, we should always take comfort in the sovereignty of God. God never changes. His word never changes. Scripture never changes. And so whenever people move the grounding lugs off of our <laughs> circuit of life, um, it's good to know there's an anchor we can attach to, and that anchor is the Word of God. That anchor is the unchanging gospel message. And whenever we find ourselves drifted away from that, we need to reattach to that. Uh, you know, electronic circuits, if you lift the ground off and you have an oscope hooked up, you'll see your signal just go crazy. But as soon as you touch that grounding lug back, bink, solid. Uh, never stray from the gospel, don't don't ever get into the habit of saying, but don't you think, but what if, uh, is it really so bad that, uh, well, if it strays from God's word, yes, it, it, it is that bad. You know, all it takes, <laughs> if you're hanging by your fingernails on the side of a cliff, is to uh, release your fingers. You might do it for a second, but by the time you can clamp them back down, you're already, you know, falling 10 feet down the cliff. All it takes is a momentary lapse. Uh, you can be standing next to a cliff and, and take six inch step. That six inches is too far. It'd be better to go six inches to a safe direction. <laughs> anyway, um, some kind of silly uh, ideas there for uh, word pictures. Uh, anyway, uh, I've been rambling on here with my epilogue here uh, of the show. But so this is uh, where I want to wrap it all up here. Hey, everybody, uh, this is Keith, your host, signing off, saying thanks for listening to the show. Really do appreciate that. And you, you can help me out by telling a friend about us. You can check us out on all your favorite uh, podcast directories and platforms, iTunes and Google and 
Uh, I even discovered that we are on Audible. I, I guess I knew it, but I never knew how to find it. <laughs> well, we're in there. Uh, find us uh, wherever you've listened to good audio content. Uh, and uh, let us know what you think. Leave us a rating and review. And uh, hey, uh, once again, thanks for listening. And we'll see you all next week. Visit life-truth.com where you can find all our shows. Leave a message or call our voicemail number at 401-753-4844. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash life truth page. Follow us on Twitter at HPNCast, capital H, capital P, capital N, capital C, A-S-T. Everything Nathan Caldwell does can be found at facebook.com forward slash protectors of the book. Music in the show is used by permission of Kevin Zerby at zerbinator.wordpress.com. May God richly bless you. May you find everything you need. And if you don't know Jesus, your greatest need is a Savior. Thanks for listening.